You're listening to The Tuesday Club with Sean and Kyle. So there's like sniffles and then there's your normal sort of minor cold. Then there's flu and then there's man flu, right? <laughs> you know what I mean, boys? I got man flu, full of man flu. There's no sort of PC with this, right? Unless you've had man flu, you don't know. You probably tell about my voice, Kyle. Tuesday Club this week is going to be with Sean and Kyle, but Sean's got man flu. Well, it's just been going downhill since you come back from Spain, really, haven't it? Well, see, that's the problem, is that God punishes you. So you go away in 25 degrees sun, <laughs> you enjoy yourself with your mates, and relax, <laughs> but put your guard down. Next thing you know, bumper, have a bit of man flu, like, you know. Well, <laughs> but I'll get through it, you know. It's going around, mate. It is going around. Coronavirus spreading. Yeah, well, that's, that's not as serious as man flu, <laughs> do you know? <laughs> we can't say that because it's not funny what's going on, and... Uh, it's sort of blinking alert, isn't it? Well, six, they reckon 60% of uh, the population will have it, but mild um, yeah. symptoms. Well, there's, yeah, there's strains of everything all the time. I think every year around January, February, I get some sort of, you know, as you can hear. But anyway, let's hope we don't give it to a special guest. No, exactly. And today we have got Welsh International, British Lion, Ospreys, Gloucester, Dragons legend, Tybach legend, Port Talbot legend, <laughs> Mr Richard Hibbard. Hey guys, all right? How you doing, Hibs? Very good, yeah, very good. Good yeah. to see you, man. Although I've seen you quite a bit recently. Yes. Yeah. Down mm. your new venture, the hideout in Abraham Yeah, you've been, uh, you've been in the cafe a few times, I've, uh, I've noticed. Yeah, how's it going? It's good, yeah, it's really good. Uh, it's completely different. Uh, Mrs. is uh, running it all for me. Uh, for us, really. Uh, she's doing fantastic, obviously. We know history from anything, with cafes or catering, anything. So it's been... Uh, some ups and downs along the way, but no, it's been good. It's, it's really good. I mean, every time I've been there, it's busy, and I'm smashing the avocado yep. eggs with chili flakes on sourdough with the black coffee. I've seen, I've seen all that on the uh, Instagram. Well, you I, haven't eaten anything, though, have you? No, I haven't. I haven't eaten any avocado. If I, I have been in there once, but I just had uh, breakfast roll, sausage, egg, and beans. Of course you did, because <laughs> I don't do avocado, Sean. Like you know, we have told people I'm a road doctor. Something <laughs> I brought back from Cheltenham, now was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. your time in Gloucester, and uh, you know, after the Ospreys, so long at the Ospreys, being a local to go and take that step, not just into the Premiership, but somewhere like Gloucester, which is a hotbed. Well, you, you were a bit of a cult hero there, weren't you? Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, in the end, uh, yeah, I suppose I was well liked. I think the best thing about the Gloucester fans, if you go on the pitch and give everything. They love you, no matter what. You can lose 20 games in a row, but as long as you try, and they, they absolutely adore you. And you know what I'm like on the pitch, Sean. It's, uh, it's all or nothing with you, Hibs, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No holds barred, Kyle, as they say. But I, I had a stint in Gloucester in the academy there, and I coached the A, the a team on a Monday night, as it was then. Yeah. Still is, probably. Yeah, it is, yeah. And we'd, have a, we'd have like 6,000 at yeah. Kingsholm. On a, on a, for an A-League game on a Monday night. There's still pretty good crowds there. It's about, yeah. I'd say, three to 4,000 every Monday. Fantastic. Was, was Lewis Rees Ahmed there then? Or? Uh, he would have, he would have been a twinkle in his old man's eye <laughs> back then, I can tell you. Yeah. I can tell you. Be the Dragons now, and Dean Ryan's come in. Things are going well, aren't they? Yeah, very well. Uh, I think uh, turbulent year last year. Obviously, coaches going everywhere, left, right and centre. Uh, <laughs> inherited a whole lot of mess there, I think. And Dean's come in. A very... Senior man, uh, who's been around the block, and he's absolutely amazing for the group. He's just what this group needs. Uh, a group was lacking confidence uh, and belief in themselves. He he's come in and steadied that ship, and he's letting them find their own direction. 
Well, mate, we're not going to talk too much rugby today because uh, on the Tuesday club, you know, you know, we're not that hardcore on rugby. We're like off the field stuff, and going to delve and find out a few things <laughs> our listeners are about you that I know. <laughs> you know, they're laughing. He doesn't know what's coming either. <laughs> mate. Doesn't know what's coming. Kyle, what have you been up to this week? Uh, not a lot, mate. I've been painting, decorating this week. Oh, you're, you're like Mr. Ben, you're a jack, jack of all trades, isn't you? I wish I am, jack of all trades, a master of none. <laughs> no, a lot of people don't know, obviously, when I'm not acting, very lucky and fortunate, my dad's got his own construction business. Uh, you you hang around a load of toilets, don't you? Yeah, pretty much. Actually, my toilet's broke at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> you can come over after. Yeah, use my card. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, a lot of actors in between uh, jobs, you know, it's spas, call centres, and I've done all that, lived in London. But uh, I'm lucky he's a massive supporter of what I do. So whenever I'm not acting, I just come back on site. So you'll see me now in between seasons of Outlander. All the fans think, oh, he's, you know, he's flying around. Did they see the lead actor and the lead actress? And they jet in here, jet in there, premieres this, premieres that. And uh, I'm in Port Talbot in the freezing cold, 7 a.m., mixing concrete in the rain. And, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It keeps it's you real, man. Keeps does, you real. It does keep you grounded. Yeah, one day. B- big shout out for Premier Builders Port Talbot Limited. Uh, <laughs> shameless shout out there. <laughs> also, big shout out for our, our Tuesday Club sponsors, the Brit Pub in Carmarthen, just up the Armour Valley. Uh, beautiful spot. Get food up there. Gemma, the landlady, fantastic. So and it is still there. It hasn't blown away. No. Gosh, still oh, there. Dennis, anything happened with your house, Hibs? No, I, all my barbecue stuff was flying on the garden. <laughs> the chairs tipped over. What's it doing out in I know, barbecue well, I had the, I got an outdoor kitchen, so it's all wrapped up. So all the covers have been blown off and everything. So you got an outdoor kitchen. Uh, <laughs> How does yeah. that work? Uh, uh, it's nice. It's uh, a big like twelve burner gas barbecue pizza oven, and then I got one of those uh, big red eggs. You know the slow cookers. Oh, fair play. Yeah. Look at him, Kyle. He's dressed like a linebacker from Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> he thinks he's in bloody LA, man. Look at him. Really. He's in Baglen. Yeah. I have a yeah. lot of stick about what I dress. Uh, yeah, you can uh, carry so it off. There's nothing wrong with the way he dresses. I seen uh, must have been a year ago, was it? Uh, when I was growing up, I used to love this kid's anime cartoon program called Dragon Ball Z. And it was all about, basically, they taught kids to eat rice and chicken, yeah. train well, because they're all ripped and jacked up. And you become a Super Saiyan. And you become a Super <laughs> Saiyan, and your hair turns gold, and you can shoot, they call it... Well, like hips. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but they call it key, which is your energy, and then you can shoot, like, beams. Of, but anyway, and then I seen on his Instagram that Adidas released... Uh, limited edition trainers from like five or six of the characters and he's only got every single one and I was looking really? on the internet I messaged him yeah it's a uh, trainer is one of my fetishes unfortunately yeah. Yeah, I've got uh, a bad thing you know what rugby players are like they're yeah. doors and they uh, yeah. once the, the creature's habit once you get something in your head uh, trainers was my my thing for a while so I got uh, yeah a good collection of trainers and Dragon Ball Z brought them all out but they weren't out on release. So if you don't get them on release, you have to buy them on resale. And sometimes they can double on stuff. Really? So it's a flipping nightmare. So I'd be, I, I had an iPad, a laptop, and a couple of the boys on their phones trying to get these daps on, uh, on release. It was a killer. And I still missed. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So you're missing a pair, are you? No, no, I had to pay... Uh, Oh, you had to pay all the odds. I had, I had, a I had a look as well. We spoke about it when we were down the Green Stars a few weeks ago. And I had a look on the internet for some, and they're ridiculous price now. Absolutely ridiculous. Well, it, that's I collect things as well, as you know. I was surrounded by my jerseys at the moment, but I collect all sorts of stuff. And do you know what I, I, I'm into at the moment? You say we're creatures of habit. I am mad on American pickers at the moment on History Channel. <laughs> I love uh, that. Have you seen Brilliant. it? Yeah, yeah. I got it on series link, and I can't watch enough of it. The guy Mike Wolf, he's awesome, and his his mate. But uh, they just 
they think everything's got a value mm. and they're right don't they you know I mean it's stuff uh, we give a lot to charity you know we give a lot of things like clothes and shoes and ki- when, yeah. when you've got kids and stuff but um, everything does have a value doesn't it, does, it? Yeah, yeah. follow us on twitter at Tuesday Club underscore can't get my words out it's man flu see and uh, instagram um, Tuesday Club podcast so I've known Rich a long time now Kyle uh, obviously, <laughs> Osprey started 2003, and he was in the original squad, Hibs. Um, but there's a few things you need to know about Hibs outside of rugby, like, you know. The, the, probably the biggest <laughs> thing is he is the biggest conspiracy theorist you've ever come across. <laughs> Not just in true? rugby in the world. Trust no one. <laughs> you know, he's sketchy as you like, right? Trust no one. So, obviously, man landed on the moon, didn't he? No. <laughs> well, well, they did, didn't they? <laughs> well, they did. It's debatable. I well, see both sides of the argument. You, but we could see the rocket go. You believe, man. Well, no, the there's all that stuff about the flag, isn't it? I think that's been disproven. That's not the... That the flag wasn't moving or something, or it wouldn't be moving yeah. because there's no wind. It's tons of it. You, like, it was no uh, pictures of the actual landing site until recently, until everybody started getting telescopes. So they thought they have had to put something up there now. So hang on now. You think they've gone up there since? They've put, put something, something up, up there. there. Well, this day and age with technology and stuff, they can put what they like up there. You yeah, are kidding me now. Think no. of all the uh, space stations you know, there was more technology in your iPhone now than they had to go to space back then. But they still went there, didn't they? Because you can see the video of them landing. It's the radiation is a, is a big stopper as well. Go on, go on. Yeah. Well, they can't get past the... What do you think they haven't been since? It's because just outside the stratosphere and all that, uh, into the atmosphere and right out there, is a is a layer of radiation. They say if you pass through that, it's, that's the the killer. That's the end of you, like yeah. fried. Yeah, genuine though. Genuine. It was a, it was all a Cold War race. Whoever went up to the the, uh, the moon first, the Russians or Americans won the Cold War, and that's. Uh, but where did they get all the technology for that rocket? Yeah. World War. Where they yeah. took all the German uh, uh, scientists. So, they, so th- one theory is that they filmed it all in the studios. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's what you There's believe. Plenty of places they can film it. So, wait, so what's your take on uh, Neil Armstrong then? Buzz Aldrin, those guys. You know, they're pretty straight faced when they're telling the story. They're national heroes. Yeah, wouldn't you? You take all that credit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be fair. Come all on, actors. No. All they can be is actors. They can ne- be anyone. Well, next thing you be telling me, there's there's definitely somewhere called Area Fifty One. That is Area Fifty One. No, yeah, that, that is that is no, no that's cool X Files. Rich, that's X Files. I that's brought up on the X Files. Area Fifty One is a real place. It's a it's a, it's a flight test place. For yeah, right. military, so American yeah. military. Yeah, right. But that's not the ones you want to worry about. Oh, so there's other ones. There's well, 52. there's Harp. Do you know what Harp is? No. no. It's weather programmer. So if you ever see Harp, it's, it's a place in America, and they reckon they can program the weather, so it can create storms. It can create. Uh, Earthquakes and get get off on like tornadoes and stuff. Yeah, shut well, up. And they can ma- they can manipulate them. Yeah. Well, look at Beijing. Beijing make all their own clouds. <laughs> they want make their own clouds. Yeah. How to stop the, all the uh, you know all the uh, smog and stuff? Yeah. They create their own clouds to stop it all. So what about what happened in the World Cup in Japan though? Why didn't they deflect that away? Are you saying that they might have? They might have. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah. Actually. They thought it was going to be a lot worse than it. Exactly, than it, yeah. 
not, not, not that it wasn't very bad. It was really bad. Yeah, but it was terrible. Yeah, they yeah. were, you know, threatening a massive was, thing. They got tons of different sites. It's, it's there <laughs> was, um, there was a film recently, obviously, because you know we talk about films and stuff as well. With Gerard Butler, do you see that one? Geostorm. Yes, that was a little bit something to yeah, do with yeah, that, yeah. it? Where they had this whole system around the world to manipulate and control the weather. So if, say, for instance, now the the HQ of this uh, system they had in place, a protection system around the planet. They went, all right, there's um, uh, a level five tornado or twister going to hit such a place in, well, I'll say Kansas City, because we've said it so much. They'll just go, right, okay, zoom in. And these sort of devices would zoom in on that area and then just fizzle it out within, like, minutes. Yeah, but imagine how good uh, uh, it is. You think manipulating weather would be a very bad thing and a lot of people would be against it. But imagine they could use it in the good way, though. Imagine Australia now all those yes. fires. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I was going to say, you know. Yeah, if they can manipulate it to make rain clouds. Yeah. Mm. So, are there transformers? <laughs> <laughs> Sean, you're now going too far. <laughs> I got Bumblebee on my drive. Like. Uh, <laughs> uh, so now your car could be a transformer. It could be. Right? A, it could be a. Ba- <laughs> it could be a base on the uh, dark side of the moon. You never know. It's genuine now. You you believe in aliens, don't you? Or UFOs, or I think uh, it'd be uh, a lot very, of people do. I think it's very ignorant to think we are alone in the universe. Yeah, I, I believe that as well. Yeah. But um, there's a lot of misconception isn't there a lot of people who think they've seen spaceships yeah, yeah it is a it's to a what level in your research and because you've done a lot you know you are big on you're genuine for all jokes aside Hibbs is big on this whenever he wasn't training he was in, in his oh, bedroom uh, his laptop uh, yeah. <laughs> the amount of arguments and discussions I've overheard and, and been in with him on planes <laughs> and buses but to what level you know in your understanding I don't believe it's little green men visiting us I think it's uh, it's definitely something out there uh it's definitely technology being sent, yeah, 100%. I think that's the big thing about Roswell, where they reckon there's two things crashed. That's where they all got all the newer technology from. Uh, we don't know the half of it. That's the problem. Uh, I'll give you an example. The, you know when they killed Bin Laden? Killed what? Bin Laden. Yes. Yes. No one knew they had those helicopters. Those ah, were right. stealth helicopters. Yes. The only reason we still know now is because one crashed. So, so we wouldn't have known about them otherwise. No. So yeah. what else have they got? Yeah. What else have they got and what else are they capable of? Yeah. I suppose there's a level of... I remember my grandfather, God bless him, fought in World War Two, And when I was a kid growing up, I'd watch Star Trek with him. And you know, they used to have those little... Brrr, and, the, and the guy's face come up and you say, yeah, beam me up, Scotty. Yeah. And he'd be going, yeah, like like you can see yeah. a guy on a device, <laughs> you know, without any wires. You know, he'd be like that. So imagine, imagine that. Yeah, yeah. And I, over, I say to my kids now, I say, well, you FaceTime with my grandfather, my grandpa, Holly, Patrick, you know, it would he, blow his mind. So, yeah. And that's not that long. It's There's another years. conspiracy theory with you. Uh, Matt Green in the writer of The Simpsons, yeah. Time Traveler. Oh, yeah, I've seen that Have one. Have you seen how many things? Yes, that is, that is wild. Yeah. They called the FaceTime. They had it years ago. Yeah. They had the face and they had the Trump going down the... They've road. had the coronavirus, they've had the Ebola, yeah, Trump. Going down the... Trump s- to the T. Trump tea. to yeah. the T, wasn't it? Was, there was a lot of people saying, though, that somebody told Trump about those Simpsons conspiracy theories and then he did it on purpose. Yeah. But it was literally in the to Simpsons. The, to the guy dropping the, the sign. It was, per- it was spot on. But I know they are all mathematicians, aren't they? Yeah. So the, all the writers for the Simpsons are mathematicians. So it's loads of jokes in there you don't get. Yeah. Uh, that only the maths guys get. So really? I'm guessing they're very clever guys. So they predictors. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know you you could 
you could look at bookies and gambling. Yeah. You know, I like to think we all know our rugby. You and I were involved. We're privy to a lot of information. But then, obviously, we can't. I can bet now. You can't because yeah. it's in your professional contract. It's no longer in mine because I'm not coaching. But when you have a look at it, because I like a little tipple on a weekend. My goodness, they get it close. Oh yeah, mm. they get it close. They pay those be accurate actresses. Actorists, yeah. you know, they pay them a lot of money, and yeah. particularly like this weekend with weather, the ones have just gone no weather, and that they factor all that in, and they've, got, they've obviously got some logarithms and yeah. um, equations, but they get it really, really close, <laughs> uncanny, really. But did uh, you see the, um, you know, the films Resident Evil about the zombies? Did you see that one about yes. the coronavirus? So years ago, I must have been about. 15 maybe and it was uh, since the playstation came out they had a game called resident evil and it was a game first and then obviously they hollywood started making movies from games mila jokovic yeah jo jo or whatever mm. oh. uh, she was in it and this company that set off or created this virus and set it off into the world and made people into zombies zombie apocalypse they uh uh, company was called the Umbrella Cop, and the logo is the exact same logo as the company in the fish markets in China, where they found where the coronavirus has come from. And in the film, it was called the Sea Virus. And I think I just think this zombie apocalypse is going to happen. This, this is just getting all a bit spooky now. It's great though, the Tuesday Club. Well, no, no, because <laughs> you know, like we we got Adam Reeves coming on, the magician coming yeah. on in a couple of weeks on the Tuesday yeah. Club, and he does things. And I'm like, it's, I, I like to think I'm a reasonably intelligible, yeah. intelligent guy, Rich, you know. But it blows my mind. How did you do that? You know, yeah. How, Obviously, there's a level in our brain of understanding that we is easily deceived or something. Like I don't it, know. Like, it, like it's the big coronavirus is massive now. But it's all the underlying news stories you're missing is, is the ones that probably actually really matter. And that's, and that's like a magician. It's misdirection. Okay, so let's go to the big one. Because I remember being on a flight and there was a quite a vociferous argument. Vociferous? 9-11. Yeah, that's a very, very touch, a tough one to approach. Obviously, a lot of people lost their lives. It's the mm. worst one in America ever. You, uh, you, you convinced, though? I'm not convinced that they weren't privy to it or part of. Uh, you can't have the most heavily defended airspace in the United States mm. lose, what did they lose, four planes on the same day? Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 and like the biggest one for me, right? You, you got these two planes fly into the, into the towers. I've been there, I've been to the memorial. It's, it's heart wrenching to be yeah, fair. Yeah, I it's heard, it, I, I'd love to. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. And you listen to all the, the radio calls and stuff, and it's just, it is heartbreaking. My parents went there not long after, and they said there was, they, they've never seen anything like it. All the surrounding buildings were damaged and destroyed, apart from one church, apparently, yeah. which was right next to it that wasn't touched. So there's another conspiracy here yeah, about but who it, saved that church. But you you got the two the two buildings go down. You didn't know about the third, World Trade Building Seven, do you? Uh, and that was supposed to brought down by office fires. And there's there's buildings around the world that's burned for 24 hours from office fire. It doesn't collapse. It's the free fall as well, which is is another thing. But like the huge one for me, right? You got these planes hit the towers. Everything's destroyed. Black boxes, the engines, the lot. The only thing surprised are the passports of the terrorists. Aye, aye. Yeah, yeah. So, like... <laughs> that's, that's, so that's what you, dodgy, yeah, you, you're raising more questions, you are. That's yeah. that's what you're doing. You're, you're, you're not happy with the answers that you've been given, isn't it? That's all you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And, like, th that, the, the the official report into it is, like, it's a book or it's monstrous. Mm. Uh, but it doesn't mention the World Trade Seven 
once. Why Why would you think, though, that America would do that? Why did they do that to themselves, though? They needed a, a an excuse. To go, yeah. And that, that was it. That, uh, no. Unfortunately, I think that's it. And I, I think they've sort of got wind of an attack, and I don't know if they've let it happen or... Well, they didn't realise it was going to be as big as it was, but... See, you thought Richard Hibbard just came out in his tattoos and his blonde hair and smashed into the opposition, <laughs> carrying and tackling. Mm. No, there's a lot more to Hibbs than meets it's, the eye. He's got depth. But they, got they, depth. they can absolutely quash all these theories, no problem. Like, within half hour of that plane hitting the Pentagon, they have uh, confiscated every CCTV in the surrounding area. And yet there's still no proof of the plane hitting the, the, the actual Pentagon. They still say it's a missile to this day. All they have to do is just show one videotape of the plane going in. That's all they have to do. Uh, and and they'll put cast so much doubt on everyone's uh, mind. Yeah. yeah. Imagine you being on... You know, it's not a funny subject because I'm going to move on to the next subject. Is I say imagine. It doesn't matter. Being on any plane, Hibs doesn't like it, do you? No. Uh, I've, I've got better these days. I've, I've, yeah. I've so what's been your coping strategies? Uh, I, I'm thinking get to the age now where I don't really hear. <laughs> oh, I've had a good life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm done. It's oh, okay. Yeah. But no, I've had some wobbly ones, which... Oh, yeah. Because yeah. when you go away on, on rugby yeah. matches, say you're going to Belfast or Glasgow, sometimes you get these little propeller ones. Yeah, I, was yeah. ta- I was talking to big Jim Hamilton. We got him coming up on the pod and um, he had a nightmare coming back from Scotland last weekend from Edinburgh. Oh. And... Well, what can you do, innit? What can you do is go inside the side. And the worst one we had was the Perpignan. Remember that? Oh, God. Uh, That's it, when you were literally yeah. ripping the top of the seat. It was like, at the start of it, it, was, it weren't funny because obviously in Perpignan, you take <coughs> off and you start to go, because there's mountains there, you, you have to really climb real fast. And the turbulence is quite bad. So everybody's laughing, they knew I was quite nervous. They all looking, laughing, pointing. And then it got worse. You see a few turn back around. And eventually it was so bad, everybody else was rammed on the seat. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, it was bad. I'm but terrible at turbulence. I, was, I did a lot of flying last year. I was quite busy. I think it was about over 60 planes I caught last year. It was oh mental. Wow. And I've never been afraid of flying. Never loved it. I've been to America a few times with my family. You know, all the lads' holidays to Spain or whatever. And then towards the end of last year, I just don't know what happened. Every bump that I would feel, I would, like you said, I would be gripping the seats. And I developed, I don't think it was vertigo, but um, the last two flights I caught last year was when I went to Florida with uh, Amy, my missus. And um, I was like, oh, have you ever been to Florida? Yeah. Ponderosa. It's like a buffet restaurant. Yeah. I love it, right? I love food, obviously. Yeah. And um, I was like, we got to go no. there. First, <laughs> <laughs> First day, I was like, as soon as we land now, we'll go to the hotel, check in, and we'll go straight to Ponderosa, have a nice buffet dinner. It's great. And we got there, and I was just, like, I felt like when I was walking, I, I felt like my whole body was like going up and down, like undulating, and I felt really warm, and I was dizzy. I couldn't see properly, and and it developed from a bit of it. You get like that when you've been on a boat, don't you? Yeah, when you're yeah. on a cruise, you get yeah. sea legs. That's mental. Yeah, do but it, that's what it? they say as well, isn't it? Uh, that the when you're on a boat mm. and you're going over the waves, that's all it is. Is the air? Airwaves. That's what pilots tell you. If you if you get a bit dodgy about it, yeah. just but it's like on a boat. when obviously with the tours were so tough because. The flights were long haul down to yeah. Australia, South Africa and stuff. I remember one year, I think we flew from London to Dubai, Dubai to Bangkok, Bangkok to Sydney. I uh, got to Sydney, went to land. We were about 400, 500 metres off the runway. Fog. 
straight back up. <laughs> I'm just thinking, oh, that's your worst right? nightmare. And bear in mind, because I hate flying, and that, I was at a height of my worst. I haven't slept the whole trip, so I am on edge. You can't drink, you can't take any edge away from it. You're just like that. Just get me off this fucking plane. <laughs> <laughs> They've flown another hour down somewhere. We sat on the runway, and they said, oh, "Right, we have to wait here now until the fog disappears, and then we'll go back up." And you sat there, and couldn't get off. No, no food, no nothing. It was just sat on this runway, just through cabin fever. Yeah, cabin fever. And it was, oh, it was one of the worst trips I've ever been on. What's, what's the, obviously as a rugby player, you've you know played for all the top teams, international levels. What's the longest flight or the worst? Obviously, I only just mentioned the Perpignan being one of the worst. Yeah. What's the longest flight, or even in your personal life of? That was one of the worst ones ever. Was it? Oh, honest God. And I got there and, oh, I am dying. It took me about two days to recover because you don't sleep. Mm. And it feels like I didn't work out because I'm holding on so much. <laughs> but, but the thing is, that in all seriousness, when you go on tour like that, isn't it? You've got to factor that thing in. You know, not only is it the jet lag, but these are big boys. You know, you try to get them into business class, but some, some unions, some clubs won't pay that. Mm. So, they, you know, no leg room. They have bad backs. You know, they need a couple of days. They need their sleep a lot of these, but yeah. they need proper nutrition. Can't eat just air, airplane no. food, you know? So it is a, a big consideration. And that's when you think of the super rugby teams and the, um, was it the rugby championship? They're yeah. traveling long haul and that. Yeah. Home advantage is massive, you know? So there's things to factor in. But as we're talking about flights, let's uh, let's take a link to uh, a guy I had a chat to, a commentator on the weekend, former Scotland international second row, former Saracens. Leicester Tigers and Edinburgh. The big Jim Hamilton. Jim, second week in a row, you've had to endure dreadful conditions, but you made it down to West Wales. I did, and believe it or not, I actually love West Wales. John Barkley was here. He lived. Well, he says he, he says he was here. He was in Mumbles, which I've heard is almost like a micro city slash climate of West Wales. So that was lovely down there. But um, yeah, with these conditions, uh, I wasn't sure whether I'd make it. But I'm here. I'm safe, and it's the big one. It is a big one, top of the table clash, Conference B, but we're not going to talk too much rugby other than off-the-field stuff. And I listened to your pod last week, love the pod, by the way. So all our, all our followers, listeners on the Tuesday Club can uh, tune into the pod with Andy Good and this big man, Jim, Jim Hamilton. Great this week because, and I mentioned the weather, because you had a bit of a hairy flight on the way back from, uh, from Edinburgh, didn't you? Yes, I did. I spoke about it on my podcast that I did, and uh, it's a true story. A lot of people think that I was telling lies, but I wasn't. Um, Storm Sierra, Kiara, whatever they name them these days, uh, was in full flow uh, from Edinburgh back down to Birmingham, where my parents live. And uh, as I was coming into land, we couldn't actually land, so we circled around, and uh, we've headed straight back to Edinburgh. Uh, I spoke about the podcast where... Um, I took my shoes off because I saw this thing on the TV once that you need to take your shoes off um, if the plane's about to go down, which turns out <coughs> it's not if it's actually going down, it's if you, there's a, one of the chutes that needs to come out of the emergency exit, which there wasn't on this one, it was a propeller plane, so I had my shoes off, uh, people looking at me slightly strange on the way uh, back to Edinburgh, but um, I felt safer that way, we landed in Edinburgh just, and it was like a zombie apocalypse at the airport, um, no flights going in or out. Obviously, the Calcutta Cup was the day before, so people were trying to get back, mainly to London, uh, and it was carnage. So I just got my bag, I put my shoes back on, obviously, uh, and just walked out of Edinburgh Airport into town. It took me about three hours. Mate, you, uh, 
you're a successful businessman now. You've got pods, you've got businesses. You know, you you you're really getting in. We're working for Premier Sports today at the Scarlet Edinburgh game, uh, live on TV, and you're brilliant. That love working with you. But um, of course, you had a long, pl- illustrious playing career as well. You know, which you obviously are self-deprecating about <laughs> when on your pod. But um, last week was the uh, anniversary, the ten-year anniversary of when. Uh, Wales famously came back and beat the Scotland team in Cardiff ridiculously. Uh, Shane Williams scoring under the post and all these Welsh boys, Lee Byrne, Shane, and all tweeting it and putting the, the memories on. And your Twitter feed made me laugh because you were playing in that game, with you? I was, and you know, normally I don't roll back the years when I look back on my Scotland career because I like, you know, what it's like. The, the longer the time goes on, the better player I was. So, you know, we're now 10 years from that game in 2010, which was the Millennium Stadium back then, and I've convinced myself that we actually won that game. So it turns out we didn't. Uh, We were winning with about four minutes to go. Um, And it's weird how the memory uh, changes over time because I genuinely thought I was man of the match that day alongside John Barkley. I thought I was captain. I wasn't. I was vice-captain. And uh, we lost. And I actually thought it was Shane Williams that scored the the two tries, but it was Shane Williams who scored the winning try under the sticks. And it wasn't, I mean, let me set the scene first because what we saw on the social media engine that that goes round as life is now is you only saw the last two tries what we didn't see is Chris Patterson got injured really badly in the first half he ruptured his kidney uh, which was ridiculous Uh, Tom Evans broke his neck that day and uh, I mean I mean look at him now he's with Nicole Scherzinger so I don't know whether I I don't know whether I'd have it that way if that was going to be my future Um, you know it was just absolute bedlam it really was but um, hey part of the game we lost, and um, that was the story of my Scotland career. A lot of people say, you know, what will my kids say to me? Jim, Dad, Jim, uh, what was it like playing for Scotland? And I said, look, it, w- it wasn't that good. I didn't have many good days, but I had some great days. And that game in 2010, albeit we didn't win, it was one of my greatest memories for a number of reasons. The stadium was just absolutely banging. I mean, for me, playing in Wales is is the heartbeat of rugby. And I know that might sound controversial, being a proud Scotsman, as you can tell by the accent. Um, But it is, and it it was that day as well. But you have to look then (coughs) to the aftermath. The aftermath being the night out. Richie Gray made his debut that day. As well, yeah. And uh, I think he came on for me. I came off with four minutes to go. We were winning the game. And he came on and we lost. And uh, But being the vice-captain, I should have been captain, but I was vice-captain, um, the Scotland team, uh, win, lose, or draw, we've got to take him out. So we took him out, and it, it, was, the point, it was at the time where you could drink responsibly um, with every single player in the team. So you'd all buy him a pint. So Richie Gray on this day, we all bought him a pint. I was making sure that... Um, he was drinking left-handed, lads, lads, lads. Not, you know, you know what a buffalo. I mean, especially when you've got 15, 22 to get through back then. Um, so he's on about number 13 or 14. So he's now at, at the winger. So the wingers are now buying him the drinks, and he's struggling massively. So I'm carrying him down the high street. I'm carrying him down the high street in Cardiff, and he can barely walk. And he's six foot ten. He's slightly, you know, he's bigger than me. Long blonde hair. I mean, I'm getting mobbed on the streets because I'm vice captain of Scotland. No one knew who he was at that time. Next thing, he stops dead. And he's like, I'm going to be sick. He says, mate, you're not. You're fine. Let's get to the pub where all the lads are. Revolutions. Gavin Henson's sorted the table out uh, for us in there. And Andy Powers were waiting our arrival. So we've walked into this uh, Revolutions bar. And Richie, as I said, six foot ten. Next thing, stops and projectile vomits over the whole place. Six foot ten. Can you imagine the size of his stomach? Absolutely. He's a, he's a beast. So at that point where he's skidded out, he's like Bambi on ice, he's slipped in his own sick vice-captain I've taken him out of revolutions and and I I didn't take him all the way back to the hotel it was too far but I pointed him in the direction 
sent him back to the, ho uh, the hotel and uh, we went on to have a very good night. Not as good as Andy Powell, oh I might God. say, because that was the night. Um, that was the night in the fast lane, as he calls it. And, uh, you know, that's what, you know, I, I look back on them things and I know it all stemmed from seeing a video on social media that it would have obviously been very nice to, to, to win that game. We didn't, but ultimately it's the memories and the people that you make along the way that I cherish the most. Again, would have loved to have won in 2010. We didn't, um, but I tell you, it was one hell of a night. <laughs> that night in Cardiff was good for everybody, I think, because of uh, that try right at the end. Not so good for Andy Robinson, mine, a fellow coach of mine. What was he like in the change room after? He couldn't even look at us. He was absolutely seething. Uh, you know, look, it's going to be tough for any coach, coaching Scotland. I, I, I genuinely think that. It's... Um, we, we were a team, and we, we still are a team, that it could have, should have, would have. You know, 2010, you think you're winning by, you know, 10, 12 points or, or whatever it was. Let's say it was 20 points. That's what, I that's what I thought it was until I saw the game back, and when you go and lose that game. And the, the weirdest thing about it was, or, you know, not the weirdest thing, the inevitably playing for Scotland, what it was is we had Italy away in Rome the following week. So we're thinking, right, we've put in that performance. We've beaten Ireland at Croke Park a few weeks before. So we've gone from potentially having the best six nations we've ever had to an absolute disaster. So we've beaten Ireland Croke Park. We've obviously lost that game against Wales at Millennium Stadium. It's Rome. So we go to Rome together. So me as vice-captain, the rallying speech uh, to the boys from Gladiator, thinking, well, the, you know, we win this game, we're out in Rome. That's all I could think. And we had a psychologist at the time called Richard Cox, where we had to sit down and, uh, again. So, you know, the, the morbidity, morbidity? Uh, the morbid part of the game that, uh, that we played at the weekend, we lost Chris Patterson, he was, in, he was in hospital. Tom Evans was in intensive care. You know, we're hung to the hills. Richie Gray can barely open his eyes because he's that hanging from the, from the weekend. Andy Powers all over the news. It was like, I mentioned zombie apocalypse when I landed in Edinburgh last week. I mean, this was just, it was like last man standing. So we had a, a big meeting, uh, sat around with the psychologist and Richard Cox, an old boy, uh, still is an old boy, still about. Um, we came up with this thing, how we'd refocus and recenter ourselves. And as vice captain of the team, I had to buy into this. So whenever the chips were down in Rome, which they were going to be, because it was, it was test match in the Six Nations, and Italy knew that this was their one saving grace to, to win a game. The Scott Missy game always was. It was, the, it was a big game for them. Wooden spoon decider. And... Uh, he came up with a call which would recenter us, refocus us, and we saw the All Blacks. Um, I, I think I read in Richie McCall's book where they, he'd squirt water on his face to kind of reboot himself. You know, if he'd made a mistake in the game. Well, Richard Cox had come up with a calling. As vice captain, if I saw things going wrong, <coughs> I would scream, Cardiff, in the middle of the pitch. I'd scream Cardiff, and that that would be a trigger for all the players to then refocus. But I, you know, being vice captain. I was questioning this because there weren't great memories in Cardiff, Coxie. There weren't. And uh, I screamed Cardiff about 15 times in the game, and we lost. So we didn't see Richard Cox again. Um, I'm not too sure where Andy Robinson went off the back of that. But um, if I was captain and not vice-captain, it could have been very different. <laughs> I can't help but think what Richie Gray was thinking every time you showed at Cardiff. You know, <laughs> what was in his mind. I'm also reflecting what he said about Tom Evans. Lovely, lovely lad, by the way, Tom, isn't he? Um, I just hope he sends you WhatsApp pictures. Well, I, I, t I asked him, I said, have you got any pictures to send? He said, not yet. He said, when they split up, he said, there could be some <laughs> coming my way. Um, 
but probably not. No, that's voyeurism. You can't do that. Uh, Tom's done very well for himself. I mean, I say very well for himself. He was on the uh, Celebrity X Factor. I don't know if anyone saw that. I mean, it was cringe TV. It was absolute cringe. Him and Ben Foden um, and um, Leroy yeah, and another guy from Bath. Uh, Leroy, Leroy, no, Leroy Houston. We'll call him Leroy anyway. He was the best singer. And uh, they were called Tri-Stars or Tri-Lines or something. It was absolutely abysmal. But Nicole Scherzinger was on the panel. He made a beeline. She was looking at him. He is shredded. His nickname is The Swordsman. And uh, now Nicole Scherzinger and The Swordsman are together. And uh, congratulations to you, Tom. Um, I hope the relationship doesn't last too long and uh, we'll be in contact soon. Uh, BBC was uh, commentator Nick Webb is absolutely in stitches here next to us. Um, we'll, we'll draw this to a close. My co-host... Jim is a guy called Kyle Reese. He's an actor and uh, he loves rugby. He'll be in stitches, you know. He'll be in fits. He wish I was. He was here. Uh, he wanted me to ask you who would play Jim Hamilton in a film. Oh, someone strong, someone shredded, uh, someone that wouldn't necessarily need to be that good looking. Um, someone once said to me, um, "This is Sparta." They shouted that in the street, and I looked round, and they obviously meant that it was uh, Gerard Butler from Three Hundred, uh, very similar. So maybe someone like that. Um, who's the big guy from uh, Game of Thrones, the big long hair? Him anyway. Him. him. That guy from the Game of Thrones, the big long hair. Oh, I know. Um, they call him Dog. Is it, is it the dog they call him? Drago. Or d anyway, the, the big guy from Game of Thrones, maybe him potentially. So hey, I'd love to be in a movie one day. Jim Hamilton, thanks for coming on the Tuesday Club. You can listen to Jim with his mate Andy Good on the Rugby Pod. Give it a listen. Jim, thanks very much. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Hi, this is Richard Hibbard, and you're listening to the Tuesday Club Podcast. There we are, Jim Hamilton, Big Jim. What a guy. How was he in? Good? Yeah, he, wa he was good, actually. He was on fire. Um, obviously, I had this man flu, so I was a little bit <laughs> down in the dumps. But you've got to be as professional as you can in commentary and analysis and stuff. But brilliant. You know, caught him in the press room before I got chat with him. And of course, as I said there, he's got a successful pod with Andy Good uh, called the Rugby Pod, and they've yep. been going a long way, a long, long time. So it was good of him to come on, actually. He's a good fella. The Hound, I think, is uh, who you were referring to. Yeah, I call to. him the Dog. The Dog, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Game of Thrones, big Game of Thrones fan, Edge? Yes, yes. Love yeah. Game of Thrones? Oh, I loved it, yeah. So obviously, uh, before Sean met up with uh, Jim, I said, you know, make sure you ask him what that would play you in a film. Yeah. And uh, the first thing I said was Rory McCann, who was the hound. Yeah. And he is, I think he's six foot six. Yeah, it's more like in Hot Fuzz, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, in Hot Fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that? Hot Fuzz. Yeah, it's no. one of the, um, so you've got Nick Frost. Did you know Nick Frost is Welsh? Is he? Yeah. I don't know that. On his Instagram, he posted. Uh, Frosty. Nick Fro yeah, you know Frosty, man. No. <laughs> you know, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost needed yes, the Cornetto through your films. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's Welsh anyway, but um, no, he, he plays um, like a supermarket attendant. Yeah. Uh, Rory McCarran. When's like his breakthrough job type of thing? Yeah. And um, he's like, uh, you know, he's a bit behind in the head, so he's just this huge man who goes around beating people up and chasing people as a villain. But yeah, so not that I'm saying that Jim Hamilton's <laughs> a, a villain or anything like that. Well, he was. So, uh, Rich, you were a bit of a film buff. You love all things TV and film. What's your. Uh, Top three. What would your top three movies be? Oh, it's a difficult one. It, it is a very difficult one. Uh, uh, Rocky would be in there. The Rocky. original Rocky, yeah. Well, I can uh, see Alex. Yeah, you're, absolutely you're an love, athlete. Love Rocky. Uh, uh, again, on the sporting theme, it would probably be Warrior. 
Well, yeah, what's that? Oh, with Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. Yeah, similar yeah. to Rocky. Yeah. And then it'll probably be the original Iron Man. I'm huge into the super movies. You like you like your superheroes, isn't you? Yeah, I love them. Original Iron Man's in the first one with Rob Downey Jr. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, I, that was the breakthrough of our superheroes. Yeah, uh, it I was, think. yeah. That, that just put it back beyond the spectrum. Did classic. you really rate the uh, Spider-Man ones with Tommy Maguire? Remember them? They did uh, three of them. Well, you've got to take it into context. Back then, they were actually good. Compared to the, the movies now, yeah, they garbage. But uh, have but you seen every single Marvel movie in the order that they're supposed to be up until yes, part two of Infinity War? And there was actually a date where you could watch them ready for the end game part two. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So you you can watch them in order up until ready for the last one. So so we're starting to get into the mind of Richard Hibbard. Yeah, it's, oh, mate, it's great. I don't I know why. Know. Like, did we just become best friends? Or <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we haven't been talking about this uh, before. Look at all the activities we can do. <laughs> my, my kids, you know, when, uh, you know it's like when, when they're younger, take them to the, to the movies, you go and see this superhero movie, dad buys you popcorn and drink and a slush and a bag of chocolates, whatever. It costs you 50 quid and it, you know, take them. So it finishes, the credits come up, dad's up and he, right, come on kids, coach up. No, wait there, dad. I didn't know, did I? Something else happens, isn't it? Yeah. He, he keeps something at the end of all yeah. these Marvel ladders, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marvel. And the best thing he did then, he decided to do two. Oh, right, so another pause. Yeah. I was up again then, right, come yeah. on, let's go now. <laughs> if I didn't know and see, I would have literally just spent the entire pod talking about Marvel films with him. Oh, well, go yeah. for it. But I'm actually... Well, uh, I cough in the background. <laughs> I'm DC. I prefer D- DC. Do you? Yeah, I prefer the characters in DC and the darkness of it. Yeah, yeah. But they have they taken them a little bit down the dark road, haven't yeah. they, with the Batman and? Yeah, I absolutely love it. I actually thought Affleck as Batman was class. Uh, I, I didn't think he did a bad job, mind. Opinion. Uh, I'm not sure how Pattinson's going to go. Uh, Twilight guy is the new Batman, which is going. Oh, yeah. is he? Yeah. It's have you seen the new? Uh, the director have just released a new suit. image of him. Have you seen yeah. him? Yeah. It's, Looks yeah. a bit creepy though, because you can just about make out his yeah. eye. It's just this white circle, like. But I don't know. I think he had a lot of stick, didn't he? As soon as they announced him. Yeah. But what do you think? Uh, uh, yeah. Look, I give him all a bit of time to have a crack at it. I, I loved Affleck. I thought he should have more, uh, more movies done. I thought he, the size of him he brought to it. And favorite Batman. Favorite Batman. Uh, it's going to be Bale. He took yeah. the whole new take on it. That's a lot of uh, people's answer. But again, he he killed it because he wouldn't do any more. He, no, I know, he yeah. broke me that way. Can I just um, interject? I want to tell our listeners, if you were present now, there's like a st- an eye gazing going on. There's a, <laughs> there's a bromance going on, yeah, I'm telling you. You two have just changed your yeah. demeanour, something awful. Yeah, I'm going to be in the hideout every Saturday now. Uh, yeah. I'm bringing all my Marvel Mo- uh, figurines. Movie club. <laughs> you, could bring your, you could bring your DC ones and we'll yeah. have a little fight. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's great. I, I think Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton was my favourite. He was Batman. brilliant. Yeah. He was class. And um, probably one of the most famous, Hugh Jackman. Uh, not Hugh Jackman, sorry. Jack Nicholson. Oh, it's a joker. Best, he yeah, was brilliant. The scene where they go in and spray paint the art yeah. gallery. But uh, yeah. The thing with the joker, I think... You look at all of them. Uh, every single person has played it. I've actually brought a whole new take on it. Oh, yeah. Even Jarletto. I quite liked his. He, he was a very gangster type yeah, joker. Yeah, yeah. He was G, wasn't he? Yeah. The OG. Uh, and then you got the psycho ones. They've all been absolute class. Did you see Joaquin Phoenix in Joker? Yes. And obviously uh, he's won all the awards for the best actor for it. Yeah. I still am seen that. Is it good? Amazing. Uh, it is brilliant. Uh, the film's better than his speeches after it. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's just, I just think those... That's the only thing that breaks me with actors. They sort of think they're in a bubble that 
they can talk down to every other person in the world about every issue that yeah. doesn't affect them. Well, it's uh, like we touched on it, we, in one of the first episodes of Ricky Gervais' Horses of the Golden Globes. Oh, he's brilliant. And he just said, you know, listen, you're an actor, you don't live in the real world, you get paid millions and yeah. millions and millions of pounds, endorsements for brands, whatever. Yeah. You don't know the struggles people are going through, so don't get up and tell everyone what they should be doing with their lives and, you know, this, that and the other. Just say thank you very much, thank the director, thank your wife and get off the stage. Yeah, which he, is, he's, he's brilliant, old Gervais. He, he causes his... <laughs> And you just look, he had one of the best comedy uh, programs out last year, Afterlife. And who can make that funny? That, that was brilliant. Yeah. I actually, I don't get too starstruck very often, but I watched it and I absolutely loved it. And I felt compelled. I just tweeted Afterlife at Ricky Gervais, right? Something like quality. You know, something like that. Or it's that it's is very or difficult as well for he, uh, somebody to find such comedy. He liked in that. and retweeted it. Did he? Ricky Gervais, yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, fair play. after Evander Holyfield following me, that's my best. Evander Holyfield yeah. follows you? Know, Does he? That's my best Twitter moment. What, did you do an after dinner speaking with him or something? I can't remember, but he <laughs> followed me. Like Better one of that, Steven Seagal. No. Really? Yeah. No way. Honestly, I've even watched all his movies, the ones, the, the real rubbish ones that didn't even make cinema. Now we're still coming out on Amazon. What's the one where he played the character? Well, he might have played the same character in loads of them, but the one where he's called Nico. Yeah, Nico. Out, to, uh, out for justice. I hard love to kill. that film. They, they were what made him, really. He was, And his martial art is all about using the other person's uh, energy yeah. against them. So if you see him, he, he only ever like clips them in the back of the head, but he's just like... Brrr, but spins them around. Then it, whap, gives them a little clip. more depth to him. I mean, he was the first Western guy to go over there and actually practice karate. Yeah. Mm. And have uh, the first one to open a dojo over there. He, so. He's my ERC. Growing up, eighties, eighties kid in my teenage years, Steam Cigar films were yeah. like the thing. You know, he was brilliant. He'd be like a chef oh, yeah. on a boat. Casey right back. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. All of a sudden, brrr, up he out of a bin. Under siege, yeah. Yeah, that's under it. That's it. Did you see the second one on the train? Oh, yeah, train that yeah. was good with his daughter yeah. as well, wasn't it? That was that's yeah. right. Yeah, he was. Like I the modern. love old school eighties and early nineties action movies. Yeah. There we are. Moving on topic. Best. These are action movies. Got it. I got it. Go Roadhouse. Oh my god! Roadhouse. You could be. You could That's be in, mate. You got a bit of Roadhouse in it. What's his name in that? Uh, um, uh, Patrick, Patrick Swayze. Yeah, the character's name. Dolt. Dolt. You got yeah. a bit of Dolt in it, Wimps. Uh, yeah, you have actually. You have. Well, I, I, I've called myself Patrick Swayze once, and the boys twisted it straight away to Patrick Swayze. So <laughs> I tend not to give myself names anymore. <laughs> it's, it's, it's mental. How one. Person can resemble so many people uh, just by your haircut. Know, lucky hips, isn't it? Lucky yeah. hips. Lucky hips. Uh, so, who would play you? Who, who would play you? Well, I've, I've been asked this question a few times. I always try to say Chris Hemsworth, but the boys reckon it's more like Mickey Rock and the wrestler. <laughs> That's harsh. The boys reckon. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Mickey Rock and the wrestler? Yeah. It's brilliant he's about film. 70 years old. I know. And he's battered and That's wearing. harsh, man. It is harsh, but it's kind of fair. <laughs> if I end up finishing rugby like that, I'll be, I'll be happy. <laughs> oh, God. Wales. I got him before me. <laughs> ah, you did. <laughs> Episode four, believe it or not, Tuesday Club. You can follow us on Twitter at Tuesday Club underscore and Instagram, Tuesday Club Podcast. Give us a follow. We've got Richard Hibbard with us, Hibbs. We do this thing every week through the Six Nations. Uh, we try and think of who would play the Six Nations captains. It's Ireland this week, huh? Ireland, Johnny Sexton. Any thoughts, Ibs? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, uh, Faulty Towers. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Don't please. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Resemblance. I can see that's what he's going to look like when he's older. 
Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah, yeah but he's got he's quite tall, Johnny Sexton. He's surprising how tall he is and long neck. I'm gonna go for Nicholas Lindhurst. <laughs> Rodney <laughs> Rod- Rodney Trot. <laughs> who's Del oh, Boy? Dave. Who's, who's Del Boy? Who's Del Boy that team? Conor Murray. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh, Dave. Oh, Dave. Falls us the ball, Dave. <laughs> Who's Boise? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say um, Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, oh, wow. Because I think he'll do the accent. <laughs> I think he'll yeah, take, he'll be good, actually. He'll take the accent to, a, to an extreme. Yeah. Oh, good one. Good one. Yeah, that's my one. Sasha Are you saying Baron he one. looks like Borat then? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> you had to drop that one in there. <laughs> no, yeah, that's Sasha Baron Cohen is Johnny Sexton. I think I can see it now. Now, come on, Aaron. we've done enough uh, films and TV. You know, you're such a mad tad, you're itching to ask him some rugby questions. I am, yeah. I don't want to talk too much because everyone knows how much of an illustrious career you've had. <laughs> but um, what fans really love is seeing a massive hit going in. <laughs> and it's weird. It's a, it's a German thing, isn't it? It's called Schadenfreude. It's uh, taking pleasure of seeing somebody else's pain or misfortune, right? But there's yeah. a couple of hits that we could talk about. But the one I want to bring up is... Wales v Australia, um, and you put a massive hit in on. I, th- I think it was a number eight. I can't remember. But he had a white scrum cap on. He was t- much taller than you. You folded the fella in half, mate. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just one of those lucky ones. I think uh, just before that, I think they've just come. You off had a few and... lucky ones. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be the hardest hitting hooker who've ever played the game. Uh, oh, I don't know. Mind uh, what was his name? The Trevor Leota. He used to break his collarbone tackling. <laughs> He's a hero of mine. Uh, well. Yeah, George has obviously just put a massive hit in, uh, and they beat us around the corner. I've literally got around the corner, stopped. I've been lucky. I caught him, caught him treat until Philzy flipping Miss Flow and let him score. <laughs> you see the hit though. If you, you can go on YouTube and just type in Richard Hibbard big hits, and it is the <laughs> first one that comes up, right? And you want they they replay it and they show it in slow motion, but you can't. You got to watch it in. Normal mo- normal speed, and I'm honest to God, mate. I, if I saw him coming towards me, I tell you, I, I wouldn't be just it's, passing the ball. It's actually a I'd good running out the someone stadium. Someone tweeted me, uh, oh, it must be you a bit back. It's actually big hits to wrestling commentary. <laughs> and it's absolutely class. And it's not just that hit, it's, it's a few hits on there. Out of nowhere! Oh, yeah. <laughs> He comes, he bashes him. It's brilliant. Wait, tell you what, we get that on Tuesday Club uh, Twitter feed. Yeah, we'll really find that and get it on there. But uh, our fair play to Rich, you knew he'd give 100% like that. To his detriment, really. No biceps, shoulder operations, collarbones, <laughs> a lot. Pregnancy yeah. pillow to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's another one. Um, 2013 Lions. Remember that one? George Smith. I can't really remember what that one. Uh that's, that's that's kind of a I get asked that a lot and I was it was one of those things where we've caught each other treat I've chucked everything at it and I honestly thought I had been sat down because if you watch me after the clip I bounce back up so quick is is unbelievable uh, but then I realised he's dead and Rallo went and I'm yeah <laughs> I'm like, oh I'm right yeah Sanka you're dead yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one and of those was, uh, no he, oh, that was a uh, that was a big hit that was yeah. Actually, a bit of revenge for Assi, Paul James. Yeah. We played Australia 2007 on a tour game. George Smith is playing. And uh, we had a lot of little holes and pushes and nudges in our set piece that would give you little advantages. Subtle cheats. Subtle cheats, you know. Dark arts, you know what it's like? Yeah. And Paul James, Assi boy, as he's known as, he just gives a little hold on George Smith. Liberty Stadium. 
turns around and he smashes him, Rich, then he yeah. bang, catches it. Yeah. You, if you Google it, Ospreys beat Australia 2007 and Paul James was the captain that yeah. night. He, there's a trophy for it. He lifts the trophy. His face is swollen lip like a hell. Got him a treat. Ashley's got big lips anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, God. but his lip in the photo is just unbelievable. Can I ask a question as somebody who is only a fan and never been in the circles you two moved in? I want to touch on some nicknames. First off, we'll start with him. Why Arsy? I, d- I have no it's idea. Big ass. Yeah. That's it. That is it. Yeah. He's yeah. got a big bum. Yeah. Oh. You'd be surprised. Well, a lot of lady listeners. If you Paul James on Twitter, I think. Yeah. Do, do, have a look. do you know why we call him Hibs? <laughs> Excuse my language, but uh, fuck off. <laughs> no, you got uh, Shane the River. Shane the River. The River. As in Shane Williams. I call him yeah. Riv. You yeah. call him Riv. Why? Poker. Poker. Is it? The River Cat. Yeah. He's a lucky, jammy bastard. <laughs> Golden bollocks, isn't he, Shane? Golden bollocks. Yeah. Um, who else? Bomb. He was named that when I was teaching him in. Adam uh, Jones. Yeah, yeah, bomb. Yeah. So the the students named him that when he was down in CCTA down Cletley when I was teaching him all those years ago. Adam Bomb, you know, it's got that ring to it. Atom Bomb, Adam Bomb. So. Yeah, yeah. And he was the size of an Atom Bomb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gwyn Togs. Do you know who Gwyn Togs is? Yeah, uh, Alan and Jones. Yeah, because when he first turned up in training, yeah. he turned up in white boots. Well, the old school name for rugby boots is Togs. White Gwyn. in Welsh is Gwyn. So Lynn Jones named him. Quint Tugs. Yeah, and he killed him in his first session. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that's stuck, isn't it? The yeah. boys would still call him Quint Adam would call him Quint now. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we, we could tell you loads. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll save some. Every yeah. episode, I think, we'll ask, I'll ask you for a few more. Yeah. yeah. Well, Rich, thanks very much for coming in, mate. I know, it's uh, Taking your time out. Uh, big thanks to Gemma and everybody at the Brit Pub for sponsoring Tuesday Club. Before we go, we're going to hit you with um, a little bit of up and under. Ten quick fire questions. Honesty is a must. All right. Okay. Two options. Okay. Ready for this? Yeah. Quickest time possible. Here we go. WWE or MMA? WWE. Chicken or beef? Beef. Superman or Batman? Superman. I got him tattooed. Scrums or lineouts? Scrums. <laughs> Fury or Wilder? Fury. X Files or X Men? Biggest crush: Julian Anderson, X Files. NFL or NBA? NFL. Adam or Duncan? Oh, oh fuck. They're brothers anyway, so it's fine. Both. <laughs> Alan Wynn or Ian Evans? Yanto, <laughs> 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 Yanto. Dragons or Ospreys? Oh, oh, come on now, I'm an Ospreys fan. Uh, uh, <laughs> different tenures. It's... Uh, <laughs> It's tough to give the tenure. I on. can't let him do that. It's not fair. Hey, Hibs, <laughs> thanks very much, mate. It's no an absolute all. pleasure having you on. Thank you. Don't forget, you can download Tuesday Club, episode four, Spotify and iTunes. Kyle, you've been amazing this week because I've had man flu. And also, I'd step back and let you do the talking. No, actually, you've done quite a lot of talking. Yeah, I have. Yeah. <laughs> when do I never not? See you next week. Ta-da. Wheels. The Tuesday Club is available to listen to on Spotify and iTunes.